On today's episode, Patrick Kane led the Chicago Blackhawks to a 4-2 victory over the Anaheim Ducks last night, recording three points. Plus, Taylor Radish chipped in for a second goal in the last two games as well. Then, Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves made some interesting comments regarding his future here in Chicago. I'll get into what we can expect out of Taves moving forward. And then the Blackhawks also inked 22-year-old goaltender Jackson Stauber to a two-year entry-level contract yesterday. Could Stauber be part of the future in net here in Chicago? All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, March 24th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, please go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will take literally a quick couple of seconds, a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And you can also leave me a review. Best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then definitely be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because if you haven't gotten the memo already, each and every episode from here on out, folks, is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so already, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I'm closing in on 100 subscribers, trying to boost those numbers up. Also, go and smash the like button for me as well. I would greatly appreciate it. And be sure to turn on those push notifications too, so you can be notified when the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. And as always, thank you for tuning into Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To open things up here on the show, let's get into the Blackhawks' 4-2 victory last night against the Anaheim Ducks as they sweep the season series against Anaheim and now have also won uh, seven in a row against them, dating all the way back to 2018. The Blackhawks seemingly, regardless uh, of where they are as an organization, just appear to have the Ducks number at this point. Um, and really, last night was just kind of more of the same as we've seen all season long against the Ducks, which was Patrick Kane in the top line leading the way to victory. Kaner had himself another fantastic outing last night, three points for number 88, one goal and two assists. That gives him 10 points in three games against Anaheim this year. Uh, and he also found the back of the net for the 20th time this season, which marks the 14th time in his 15 NHL campaigns that he's netted 20 or more goals. And the only time he didn't score 20 goals came last year in the COVID-shortened 56-game season. So basically, he's netted 20 each and every season he's played and can't 
really count last year. It's the same with Alex Ovechkin. He had his 30-goal streak ruined uh, because the NHL only had 56 games on their schedule last season, so can't really count that. Throw that out the books. Patrick Kane is a lock for scoring 20 goals each and every year. But more importantly than Patrick Kane performing well, uh, along with the entire top line, Dylan Strome scored his 18th goal of the season, ninth in the last nine games, also went on to add an assist. Uh, and then Alex DeBrinket went on to add the empty netter for his 35th goal of the season. Uh, but aside from that, we already know what those three are capable of. They've been carrying the Blackhawks offense for months now. Um, but to me, the most significant part of this victory for the Blackhawks last night was all the role players that were performing, you know, exactly how they need to be down the stretch of the season. I know the season is lost. Uh, there, there really isn't anything to be playing for at this point with the playoffs being well out of reach. They've been out of reach for well over a month now. Um, but important thing to remember is a lot of these guys, you know, slotting in throughout the rest of the lineup, aside from that top line of DeBrinket, Strom, and Kane, uh, a lot of those guys are trying to make as large an impact as possible heading into the offseason to secure themselves a job either here with the Blackhawks or with another uh, <clears throat> NHL franchise. And we've seen Kyle Davison be in attendance at some of these games recently. So I think it's really important for the role players to treat this like um, it's, you know, still very meaningful to the team. They got to be giving it their all. And uh, there's no real reason to be pouting or anything at this point, because there still is a lot to play for in their ass and their, um, in their minds, they need to be staying aggressive if they want to earn a job. Uh, but a couple of guys, a couple of depth guys who stood out to me last night first, Taylor Radish, baby, just keeps on cooking. He opened the scoring for the Blackhawks, now has two goals in as many games and back-to-back games scored on Sunday against Winnipeg as well. Uh, and that gives him three points in his first three games here uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks. And as I said yesterday, you know, it's definitely still way too small of a sample size to know exactly what we have here with Radish, but uh for the most part, what we've seen so far, he certainly looks like a player and um, could be quite a nice addition to the roster moving forward throughout this rebuild. I've been uh, very impressed by the start from Radish so far. He's been making the most of his opportunities. I love that Derek King is continuing to give him opportunities on that top power play unit. And he and Strom, I thought, were moving the puck tremendously yesterday when they got an opportunity together, in particular on the man advantage with Kane at the right dot working the puck down low to Strom, and they're finally starting to get some chances to that bumper roll, which with Tyler Johnson being out for the majority of the season, they really haven't gotten all that many looks through that area of the ice on the power play. Uh, but Strom and Radish were moving the puck well there a couple times, and Radish uh, had a couple of chances to score a second of the game as well last night. So again, just very impressed, impressed with what I've seen out of our boy Taylor Radish so far, who's quickly becoming a fan favorite here in Chicago. Uh, also, another guy I have to talk about, Sam Lafferty, baby. My boy, top six Sam. He hasn't been playing top six minutes for quite a while. Um, but last night, he was everywhere. Like, this was arguably his best performance with the Chicago Blackhawks so far, despite not finding his way on the stat sheet. Uh, although Lafferty did lead the Blackhawks with four shots on goal and easily could have had two or three. He had actually an amazing, like, a uh, sequence where he danced through a couple defenders and got a backhand shot off on net. And it was kind of funny because Seth Jones was mic'd up for last night's game. And he was like, who is this guy? I think that's what 
a lot of Blackhawks fans were thinking too, because Sam Lafferty, man, he was a menace last night. Um, kind of hard to believe that in 27, I believe 28 games now for the Chicago Blackhawks, he only has three goals. Um, you know, he, he's getting his opportunities, but uh, he really just hasn't been able to finish them. And while that has been a little bit frustrating at the same time, one thing to remember is uh, that's with him not being able to bury a lot of these opportunities that he's been getting, that's probably going to help him be a cheaper re-sign for the Blackhawks in the offseason. And if I were Kyle Davidson, I'd be thinking about giving him the good old Ryan Carpenter special, a three-by-three, $1 million AAV. He's making far less than that right now. So I think that would be kind of a proper realistic raise for him in the offseason. Uh, but everything we've seen from Sam Lafferty so far in his time with Chicago, great energy guy, uh, can provide you a little bit of everything, just kind of like Brandon Hagel did, not comparing those two players. But it's kind of interesting to me because I feel like Sam Lafferty this year and Brandon Hagel last year were a little bit similar, whereas Hagel just couldn't find the back of the net. He shot 9.9% last year, which still isn't bad by any means. Uh, but this year, of course, one topic surrounding Hagel when the Blackhawks traded him was that 22.3 shooting percentage that he had. So we could see it, uh, an uptick like that out of Sam Lafferty next year. We may just have found ourselves another Brandon Hagel, folks. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but one thing I also want to mention, this is just proving to be a phenomenal trade made by Kyle Davidson. Uh, don't forget, Alex Nylander was the player who got flipped back to Pittsburgh in exchange for Sam Lafferty in that deal. And um, I think it's kind of fair to say that Lafferty has already made a larger impact in just a few months than Nylander ever did in his couple years here with the Blackhawks. Uh, a couple other guys I thought were impressive last night. Kirby Doc was really good defensively, in my opinion. He was hounding, uh, hounding the puck all over the ice. He had a couple of big shot blocks. One of them actually led to him going to the locker room for a couple of moments, but fortunately came right back out. Uh, Mackenzie Entwistle, I thought was really physical. Same with Reese Johnson. I believe he led the Blackhawks with, uh, six hits in his first game up at the NHL since December 11th, where he suffered a broken, broken clavicle in Toronto. Don't really agree with the fight that Reese Johnson got into during that third period, but, um, clearly with his antics on the ice, he's got to be feeling a hundred percent and probably more than a hundred percent. Um, so I like to see the physicality. Boris Kachuk was also another guy, uh, who I thought had a strong effort defensively and uh, with the body last night as well. The last player I wanted to talk about, though, from last night's game, folks, was Kevin Lankinen, who, um, all in all, I thought played pretty solid in his first game as the number one goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks this season. Uh, a couple of rebounds kind of got away from him, and I still think uh, he needs to do a little bit better job with his positioning and scramble mode and kind of maintaining his position in net. Um, but overall, I, I thought, ooh, excuse me. I thought it, it was a, a strong showing out of Kevin Lankin, and he wound up stopping 27 of the 29 shots that he faced. And he's now only surrendered two goals in each of his last two games, both of which came on the road in uh, not, you know, ideal circumstances. Sunday or Saturday against Minnesota, against a good wild team. Lankinen really kept the Blackhawks in it. And then last night against Anaheim, um, down the stretch in the third, I thought he played really solid. And in the second period as well, when uh, the tides and the momentum kind of switched into the Ducks' favor, Lincoln, and I thought did a really good job of making sure that the Blackhawks stayed ahead uh, and his efforts definitely played a huge part in this victory. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see 
how Lankinen is going to handle this situation down the stretch of the season once he's starting to get more action on a regular basis. I feel like these final 18 games of the season or whatever it is, I feel like those are going to tell us a lot more about Lankinen than the entire season has so far up to this point because uh, he really just wasn't playing all that frequently when Marc-Andre Fleury was around. And I even saw a great point brought up by um, Colby Cohen on Twitter yesterday, which was, you know, you got to feel for a young goaltender who isn't really getting a lot of consistent action early on in his NHL career. It's not probably very easy for them. So um, I think this is going to be a major test for Lankinen and his future here in Chicago with the remainder of the season and how he handles being the starter. Uh, And he certainly got off to a good start last night, picking up his first victory since February 25th against the New Jersey Devils and just his fourth on the season. All right, there are some quick thoughts on the Blackhawks 4-2 win over the Anaheim Ducks last night. Coming up in just a minute, I will go over a very quick preview of tonight's meeting with the Los Angeles Kings. And then I'll also get into Captain Jonathan Taves telling the media that he can't help but picture himself playing for another NHL team. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And I know we're getting towards April, but Built Bar is going to help you stick to your resolution, even though we're a couple of months in now because they taste so good. You'll actually want to eat them. You can get the best of both worlds right now with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. And so many flavors, you're going to have a hard time choosing. Are you going to go with raspberry or mint brownie? Coconut almond or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Either way that you choose, as I said, Built Bar is going to make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good. You'll actually want to eat them. And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, you're seriously missing out on one of the best protein bars out there on the market. Built Bar has sent me a couple of puffs to sample. They sent me churro marshmallow banana cream pie. It was actually unreal that these were real protein bar flavors containing less than 200 calories and over 20 grams of protein. So you can get the best of both worlds right now with Built Bar, folks. And they don't taste like a regular protein bar. They're not dry, chalky, waxy, and don't just taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Getting into segment two now today. Let's get into a real quick preview of the Blackhawks matchup tonight with the Los Angeles Kings. A back-to-back for the Blackhawks on the West Coast. But funny enough, this is actually going to be the first meeting of the season between these two teams. But they're going to get to know each other pretty well over the next few weeks because they will have three matchups with one another within the next month. Um, But for the Kings, man, what a surprise they've been so far this year out west. They're currently sitting second in the Pacific Division with a 35-22-8 and record. I don't think anyone saw the Kings performing this well, uh, being such a, a, 
a young team that really was still in the rebuilding stages. I know they're starting to get out of that more and more. And some of their young, <clears throat> some of their young talent is just starting to step on the scene, but I don't think anyone saw them uh, being, you know, the second best team in their division this year. Um, so although the, the Western conference, I've mentioned this on the show a bunch of times, it is a dog fight right now for the final few playoff spots out West. And even though the Kings are sitting second in their division. They're only six points clear of a playoff spot right now. So this is going to be a very meaningful game for LA this evening at home, uh, as all the their games for the remainder of the season are going to be. Um, but one thing I found interesting when kind of taking a quick look at the Kings, um, they're a really interesting team because they rank near the bottom of the league in a couple major statistical categories, specifically in the special teams department. They're in the bottom five of the NHL on both the penalty kill and the power play. And they also rank 21st in the NHL in goals per game. But where they really succeed and where they really thrive is on the defensive side of things. The Kings rank eighth in the NHL in goals against per game at 2.77. And they're also first in the NHL in shots on goal against per game, allowing only 28.5 shots on goal per game on average. So while they may not have, you know, the most talented roster uh, that that's, you know, on paper, they're not going to wow you or anything. They play a really solid te- team game, especially on the defensive side of things. So I think it's really important that when the Blackhawks get their opportunities here tonight, uh, they have to make the most of them because I'm not so sure that they're going to be getting very many with the way that the Kings have success on defense. Uh, but as for the Blackhawks lineup tonight, I don't think we're going to be seeing very many changes here uh, based on the, the performance that they showed last night, particularly with the forward group. Don't really envision Kinger making any changes up front. Don't really see Henrik Borgstrom jumping into the lineup at this point over anyone. Uh, on the defensive side, though, I personally would like to see Alex Vlasic get some more reps over uh, Eric Gustafson during these next few weeks before he hits that nine-game threshold, which, of course, would burn off the first year of his entry-level contract. We don't want to get to that point, but Vlasic's only played two games so far, so he's got some room to get a couple of more in, and he just has to be in there over Eric Gustafson. Like, There's absolutely no point for him to be in the lineup right now with the direction that the team is heading in. Give the young guns some more experience. And then uh, once he closes in on that nine-game threshold, as I said, then that's the time to probably be giving Eric Gustafson some actual opportunities in the lineup. Uh, But in net for the Blackhawks tonight will be Colin Delia, who will be making his second start of the season for the Blackhawks up at the NHL. And in his first start this year, things did not go very well, if you all remember correctly. Uh, That was when both Marc-Andre Fleury and Kevin Lankinen were in COVID protocol at the same time. Literally a nightmare situation for the Blackhawks. Uh, And Delia's lone start of the season up to this point came on New Year's Day against the Nashville Predators. And he was pulled after the first period when he stopped only four of seven shots faced. So um, not the way I'm sure Delia wanted to make his uh, first start of the season. And uh, he'll undoubtedly be looking to kind of have a better showing than he did in that one. Uh, and kind of like Kevin Lankin, and although it's not going to be as big of an opportunity, uh, Delia is still given a chance here to kind of showcase his stuff a little bit more, either to the Blackhawks, don't really envision him uh, signing on going forward, especially with what I'm about to get 
get into to wrap up the show, uh, or possibly another NHL club. That's probably the more realistic scenario. Uh, but as I talked about yesterday, I, I do kind of feel for Colin Delia because uh, I think the Blackhawks probably should have traded him in the offseason. And, you know, regardless of what they got in return, give this guy another opportunity. He really uh, has kind of been done dirty by the organization. But at the same point, he hasn't even been making the most of his opportunities down in Rockford for the past two years. So uh, this is going to be a big opportunity for Delia to prove to kind of everyone that he belongs in this league. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to have a much better start tonight against Los Angeles than he did on New Year's Day against Nashville, or else the Blackhawks are going to be in some deep, deep trouble. Now, I also wanted to be sure to get into the comments made yesterday by Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taze. It blew up all over social media. Um, but Taves first spoke about how, you know, it was, quote, really disheartening to see a couple of his good friends go at the trade deadline and Flower and Brandon Hagel. Uh, and then he went on to add that for the longest time, the thought of leaving Chicago never really entered his mind. But now he can't really help but to picture himself playing for another NHL team and what that experience would be like. Now, one part that kind of got left out of these clips on Twitter was that Taves did finish the statement by saying, you know, Chicago is his home and he loves the Blackhawks. But still, certainly some intriguing comments made uh, publicly by the longtime captain of this franchise. And look, I've thought about this a lot. I kind of let my thoughts settle with me, let, let some time pass by. And I do appreciate, you know, Taves being honest and saying how he truly feels, which is something he's always done throughout his career, uh, whether good or bad. He has always shared his honest opinion on things. And I definitely get that. Uh, you know, it's been such a frustrating season, probably the most frustrating of his NHL career, uh, both on and off the ice. Of course, the organization uh, was an absolute nightmare at the beginning of the year. They still have some uh, big steps to make in order to get back to where they want to be. Also, you know, the Blackhawks didn't live up to the expectations on the ice, weren't even close of competing for a playoff spot this year, yada, 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 the list goes on. But to me, the part that makes me the most upset about this, you know, it's that it, it isn't even the first or the second time that we've heard Taves kind of have his issues with the direction of the organization and calling the trades that were made by Kyle Davidson disheartening. And I just, I don't get what Taves wants the front office to do differently at this point. Like, They've lost 41 of 64 games this year. They also haven't won a playoff series since hoisting the Stanley Cup in 2015. And he's acting like it's going to be a quick and easy fix to get back to where they want to be. No. There are clearly several massive changes that need to be made at this point. And, um, you know, it's not like... It's not like it's like I said, it's not a quick and easy fix. Like, this is going to be a process, as Kyle Davidson has said. We can't just turn things around in the hurry based on what we've seen for the last six or seven years. I mean, it, it just simply can't happen. So, for Taves to kind of go to the media once again and almost whine about what Kyle Davidson is doing right now, that I, I just don't really get. Like, I understand he's frustrated um, and, you know, 
it, it's just it's like a, like Calvin DeHaan put it. There's just been a cloud over the organization for the entire year. Um, but for Tease in particular, it's not like he's been playing fantastic or anything, and this is everyone else's issue but his own. No, Tease is right there in the middle of this problem right now with the way he's been playing. And I get that he's coming back after missing a full year, so I understand why the production is down. Um, but I, I don't understand why he's like so passive aggressive about the Blackhawks heading in this direction when Davidson really has been, been given no choice but to blow things up. And again, this isn't the first time we've heard Jonathan Taves speak out like this. And honestly, with his comments, I mean, uh, it, it just doesn't sound like he wants to be here at all throughout this rebuild. And if I had to guess, I, I don't think he's going to be a part of the Chicago Blackhawks after the end of his contract, or maybe even by the trade deadline next year if he's willing to waive his no-movement clause. That's just my opinion, as sad as it is to say. Um you know, as the captain of this team, I just I, I just personally don't agree with the way he's been handling this lately and the comments that he's made. Again, I do understand he's being open and honest, and it's probably tough for him seeing a bunch of his best friends go. But to say it's disheartening, he's acting like they're, they're right there on the cusp of something great. Like, no, buddy, we have to make some big-time changes in order for this to work. And if you're not on board, then fine. But I, I, I just wish he'd be having these type of conversations privately with Kyle Davidson and not going to the media time after time after time and saying, oh, uh, I really don't understand trading Brandon Hagel. I, I get it, but look at the return the Blackhawks got. And we're not a, a piece or two away from this whole thing getting fixed. No, this has to be blown up for a reason. There, there's a reason that Kyle Davidson is going this route. So I just don't agree with the way that Jonathan Taze has been handling this to the media. Honestly, he's been kind of a P PR nightmare all season long. Um, we'll see how things progress throughout the rest of the season, but it sure sounds like Jonathan Taves is at least thinking about playing for another NHL team other than the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, that takes care of my thoughts on yet another set of comments made by Jonathan Taves regarding his future and his concern with the organization's direction. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into the Blackhawks signing goaltender Jackson Stauber out of Providence College yesterday. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three here before I wrap things up this morning, I also wanted to be sure to get into uh, the Blackhawks signing 22-year-old goaltender Jackson Stauber to a two-year entry-level contract yesterday. The deal officially kicks in at the beginning of next season, so one thing I wanted to be sure to get, get, get out there right away is that if Stauber were to be assigned to Rockford before the end of the season, which... We're still not sure of at this point. There hasn't really been any further report on uh, what the future or near future is going to hold for Stauber. Um, but if he wanted, if the Blackhawks wanted to send him down to the Icehawks, he would have to sign an amateur tryout. So um, if he's going to be around in the organization for the remainder of the year, that's the next step that he has to take. Again, at this point, we're still not really sure where he's going to go. Um, but the Blackhawks now officially have another goaltender in their system, folks. And honestly, I don't know a ton about Stauber, um, <clears throat> but based on everything I've read and the numbers uh, and whatnot, I mean, he's got, he's got some potential, and he's coming off one heck of a second season with the Providence Friars, uh, where he was technically 
considered to be a junior because of his age, even though it was only his second year on campus. Um, but in 37 games for the Friars this year, Stauber recorded a 21-14-2 record, along with a 2.10 goals against average and a 9.21 save percentage, along with four shutouts, which led him to uh, being named a Mike Richter Award finalist for the top goaltender in men's collegiate hockey, along with Blackhawks prospect and former second round pick Drew Camesso as well. Um, again, you know, I don't have the most knowledge of Stauber at this point. Uh, I just kind of have read up, read up on him uh, from a couple of different scouting websites and a couple of different sources that I trust and uh, like their opinions on players and such. Um, but, you know, most of them, most of those sources talk about how Stauber for being, you know, six foot three, he's got some real fine athleticism. He's really quick from post to post and he's capable of making the highlight reel saves. I also actually saw uh, one source say that he's just as likely to stack the pads as he is to make a routine stop. Um, But the two frequent things that kind of uh, come up in the scouting reports that he has some concerns with, uh, that they have some concerns about and that he has trouble with, I should say, uh, one is the rebound control which for a young goaltender, that's not all that shocking to hear. Uh, But the second was kind of that uh, he struggles mentally after surrendering a bad goal. Sometimes, I guess, uh, Stauber can kind of let things tumbleweed out of control and, you know, one bad goal can turn into several. Um, But, of course, the hope is that, you know, um, he's athletic and also smart enough as a goaltender to kind of figure that stuff out eventually, right? The issues, the biggest issues that he has, they're certainly fixable going forward, especially as the coaching will only get better and better as he advances and he'll be getting more and more uh, good experience. Um, And and even with those issues, I mean, he's putting up some really good numbers during his collegiate career. So uh, I'm definitely excited about Stauber being part of the organization going forward now. And while he probably doesn't have the same ceiling that Drew Comesso may have. Um, one thing to note, Blackhawks fans, I've been getting asked this by a couple of people. Um, one thing to note about Comesso, he's still probably, he, he's potentially two years away still from joining the Rockford Icehogs and maybe even three or more years away from being up at the NHL level with the Chicago Blackhawks. So for Stauber, he's going to kind of get his chance to showcase his stuff before Comesso steps on the scene. And we'll have to see if he, uh, you know, makes the most of that opportunity and how he fares at the professional level. Um, but at the, ooh, at this point, with Marc-Andre Fleury out of the picture now, the Blackhawks goaltender department is so up in the air over the next three to five years, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world heading into a rebuild. Um, but clearly, you know, the Blackhawks, liked what they saw out of Stauber over at Providence College, where he was a teammate of Blackhawks 2021 third round pick Tage Harding. So that's probably where they got a lot of good looks at Stauber. Uh, And we'll see if he winds up getting any game action with, you know, either Rockford or the Indy Fuel of the ECHL at some point during the remainder of the season. I'll be sure to keep you all updated on that situation as frequently as possible. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday. March 24th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day.
And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's pick up some back-to-back victories out on the West Coast. And thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.